This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. The Romance of Tristan and Isolde. By Joseph Bedier. Translated by H. Belloc. Part the First. The Filter. When the day of Isolde's livery to the Lords of Cornwall drew near, her mother gathered herbs and flowers and roots, and steeped them in wine, and brewed a potion of might, and having done so, said apart to Brandian, Child, it is yours to go with Isolde to King Mark's country, for you love her with a faithful love. Take then this picture, and remember well my words. Hide it so that no eye shall see, nor no lip go near it. But when the wedding night has come, and that moment in which the wedded are left alone, pour this essenced wine into a cup, and offer it to King Mark, and to assault his queen. Oh, take all care, my child, that they alone shall taste this brew, for this is its power. They who drink of it together love each other with their every single sense, and with their every thought, forever in life and in death and Brandian promised the queen that she would do her bidding. On the bark that bore her to Tintagel, Isolde the fair was weeping as she remembered her own land, and mourning swelled her heart, and she said, Who am I that I should leave you to follow unknown men, my mother and my land? Accursed be the sea that bears me, for rather would I lie dead on the earth where I was born than live out there beyond. One day when the wind had fallen, and the sails hung slack. Tristan dropped anchor by an island, and the hundred knights of Cornwall and the sailors, weary of the sea, landed all. Isolde alone remained aboard, and a little serving-maid, when Tristan came near the queen to calm her sorrow. The sun was hot above them, and they were athirst, and, as they called, the little maid looked about for drink for them, and found that pitcher which the mother of Isolde had given into Brangian's keeping. And when she came on it, the child cried, I have found you wine. Now she had found not wine, but passion and joy most sharp, and anguish without end, and death. The queen drank deep of that draught, and gave it to Tristan, and he drank also long, and emptied it all. Brangin came in upon them. She saw them gazing at each other in silence, as though ravished and apart. She saw before them the pitcher standing there. She snatched it up and cast it into the shuddering sea, and cried aloud, Cursed be the day I was born, and cursed the day that first I trod this deck. Isolde, my friend, and Tristan, you, you have drunk death together. And once more the bark ran free for Tintagel. But it seemed to Tristan as though an ardent briar, sharp-thorned, but with flower most sweet-smelling, drave roots into his blood, and laced the lovely body of Isolde all round about it, and bound it to his own, and to his every thought and desire. And he thought, Felons that charged me with coveting King Mark's land! I have come lower by far, for it is not his land I covet. Fair uncle, who loved me orphaned ere ever you knew in me the blood of your sister Blanche Fleur, you that wept as you bore me to that boat alone, why did you not drive out the boy that was to betray you? Ah, what thought was that? Isolde is yours, and I am but your vassal. Isolde is yours, and I am your son. 
Isolt is yours and may not love me. But Isolt loved him, though she would have hated. She could not hate, for a tenderness more sharp than hatred tore her. And Brangien watched them in anguish, suffering more cruelly, because she alone knew the depth of evil done. Two days she watched them, seeing them refuse all food or comfort, and seeking each other as blind men seek, wretched apart and together more wretched still, for then they trembled each for the first avowal. On the third day, as Tristan neared the tent on deck where Isolt sat, she saw him coming, and she said to him very humbly, Come in, my lord. Queen, said Tristan, why do you call me lord? Am I not your liege and vassal, to revere and serve and cherish you as my lady and queen? But Isolt answered, No, you know that you are my lord and my master, and I your slave. Ah, oh, why did I not sharpen those wounds of the wounded singer, or let die that dragon-slayer in the grasses of the marsh? But then I did not know what now I know. And what is it that you know, Isolt? She laid her arm upon Tristan's shoulder. The light of her eyes was drowned, and her lips trembled. The love of you, she said. Whereat he put his lips to hers. But as they thus tasted their first joy, Brangian that watched them stretched her arms and cried at their feet in tears, Stay and return if still you can. But, oh, that path has no returning. For already love and his strength drag you on, and now henceforth forever, never shall you know joy without pain again. The wine possesses you, the draught your mother gave me, the draught the king alone should have drunk with you. But that old enemy has tricked us. All us three. Friend Tristan, Isolt, my friend, for that bad ward I kept, take here my body and my life, for through me and in that cup you have drunk, not love alone, but love and death together. The lovers held each other. Life and desire trembled through their youth, and Tristan said, Well then, come, death. And as evening fell, upon the bark that healed and ran to King Mark's land, they gave themselves up utterly to love. End of the Filter <laughs>